Welcome to the Imposture to Unstoppable podcast, where physicians can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome and create the career of their dreams. Hey friends, before we jump into today's episode, I have a quick announcement for you about a new masterclass that I now have available to watch at any time you want. There's no need to schedule anything or show up live or anything like that. And it's my masterclass, Three Things Confident Doctors Never Do. And in the masterclass, I'm going to teach you the most common causes of self-doubt, um, which really I think will surprise you. And especially if you're a woman physician, these things are really going to hit home for you, I think. The next thing I'm going to go over for you is what no one ever told you about confidence. These are things that I didn't learn until just a few years ago. No one ever was going around teaching me these things in medical school or residency for sure. The next thing you're going to learn is what you must stop doing immediately in order to overcome self-doubt. And these are things that seem relatively harmless in the moment, but really have huge impacts on our confidence down the road. And the last thing I'm going to give you a glimpse of is how amazing your life can be when you're not doubting yourself. And even if this feels super far off for you right now, I think it's still worth watching this masterclass because what it's going to give you is actionable steps to take that confident doctors do every day. And it's going to really talk to you about those things that doctors who identify as confident, the things that they're not doing on a day-to-day basis that maybe you've kind of fallen into the habit of doing. And I know these things firsthand because I've been there and I've done them all and I still sometimes fall victim to these things. So be sure to check out this masterclass. Like I said, it's free. You can watch it right away whenever you have a few moments and you'll also get a copy of it in your email. So you can go to www.kristinyatesdo.com forward slash masterclass to check that out. Have a great one. Dr. Serene Sharif is a trauma acute care surgeon and mindfulness productivity coach who helps high performing women struggling with burnout and overwhelm to take control of their time. Her goals are to help you discover clarity, design your dream life, and build nano habits, as well as mindful productivity systems that help you live your best life. You can find her at her website at serenitywellnessmd.com. Enjoy our conversation. Hi, Serene. Thank you for being here with me today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the invite. It's it's been great to hang out with you. I can't wait to talk to you. You you every time I talk to like women surgeons who are just like killing it, I love getting insight from them. So tell us all the things about imposter syndrome and what that journey has been like for you. Um, sure. Um, so it's uh, you know I, I just laughed because you know there's this. We all, I think that's part of the imposterism, right? We think inside we are not killing, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm glad it looks that way. Um, so my journey has been, you know, really sort of mixed. Um, I am, um, I am, you know, I, I grew up in Southeast Asia and I came here, um, you know, at the start of my undergrad. And um, so I always, and I've always, um, like I grew up in Southeast Asia, I'm originally from India. So, you know, I mean, I always felt like wherever I was, it like, I was different from everyone around me, and I didn't belong. And when I came here, 
it was even more um, pronounced because I um, I spoke mostly you know British English and not not American English, so I didn't recognize some of the words um, and just sort of you know communication and connection. It was so different, and um, I spoke English, and people thought, oh yeah, you know you already speak English, so it should be fine. But it's just the whole culture and even just understanding Star Wars and all of the things you know we don't recognize it right so. So, um, and I've always been fascinated by surgery. I've wanted to be a surgeon since I was little. Um, I just found anatomy just incredibly fascinating. And the fact that, you know, um, I loved surgical history um, and the fact that, you know, we can, you know, do something simple, not really simple, right? But we can do something and create that immediate relief from pain and suffering was just, um, for me, very inspiring. So um, I wanted to be a surgeon for a long time. And when I was going through the whole application, um, I always felt like, oh, okay, well, what if I don't get in, et cetera. But, you know, I'm grateful. My journey was really filled with lots of amazing mentors and who encouraged me and believed in me and kind of carried me through. And it wasn't really until I was in the middle of my surgical residency that I realized, like, it, it was sort of like one day, you know, I just realized I'm really different from the people around me, like the way I think or what I share and how uh, maybe that I even connect to patients. Um but I didn't know how to bridge that gap. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't really have any role models who look like me or who um, ha- shared similar beliefs. Like there wasn't anyone for me to talk to. There were women surgeons in my program, but it just was different. And so I just told myself, you know, squish that voice and it's fine. Just keep going. And um, that was probably the worst advice that I could give myself because, you know, as you know, it, it grows, right? It grows. And this voice, like it, it colors everything that you do. You feel like you're not good enough and someone's going to figure it out. And, um, and I just felt like I didn't belong at the table. And so when people would tell me stuff, like you're doing that wrong, you know, you're, you're, I mean, whatever, it's just a part of my, my training was pretty tough. And part of it was, there was a lot of knockbacks and, um, and I always took it very personally. It was always, well, it's because I'm not good enough or there's something wrong with me. And so I went through um, surgical training, not quite realizing that I was in burnout. Um, I had my um, my first baby when I was in end of medical school. So I started being an intern with a two month old. Mm, oh and gosh. yeah, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend that for anybody. <laughs> um, and then I, I had my second child in, in residency. And so when I finished residency, I was burnt out, I felt disconnected. As a mom, I felt like an imposter, you know, as a mom, and then mm-hmm. also at work. And, you know, so I just was in this place where I wasn't sure how to figure out how to be better. You know, that's, that's what I thought. I thought, okay, well, if I can just be better, um, then I will belong and then everything will be better. And I think it played a huge role in my whole burnout, you know, journey. Um, So I tried a lot of different things. I thought it was just hard work, you know, having appropriate um, mechanisms in place to make things flow smoothly. And I did all of the things. I mean, I I did have great mentors who helped me as well. Um, But really, one day it just felt like, you know what, I, I don't even know, like, I have been climbing uphill for so long, like, I'm not even sure what I'm doing. Um, so I took time off 
off. Um, and by time off, I resigned from my job. <laughs> um, I just, you know, walked in one day and, and had in my resignation letter. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew that I needed to make a change. Um, and lots of things kind of happened around that time that, you know, brought me to that point of, okay, yeah, this is it. I cannot do this anymore. Um, before someone else discovers I'm an imposter, you know, um, I, I need to figure out what's wrong with me um, and why I felt disconnected, um, you know, as a mom, as a wife, as a surgeon and all of the things. Uh, but really what I discovered when I gave myself space and healing and compassion um, is that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfectly fine. And yes, it's possible. You know, it's hard for me to go back and really look at my whole experience, right? But I think if I had been authentic and told people, mm, yeah, that's not me. This is who I am. If I really showed them who I was, I think it would have been fine. I, you know, I would have belonged, but I was just so scared of, you know, speaking up and telling people that this is who I am. I mean, I remember my, um, my chiefs used to get mad at me. My attendings used to get mad at me. And it was over communication problems where I wasn't communicating what happened or I wasn't using the right language, you know, just because I didn't, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And, but I never said, Hey, I didn't understand what you were saying. I never owned up to that. I just pretended like, okay, yes, I made a mistake. And then I, I just accepted it. And over time, right. You believe it. Oh, it's my mistake. I've been doing mm -hmm. this and there's something wrong with me. Um, so it took a long time, but I, I think that that was the lesson I learned from that whole experience. Um, just that, you know, maybe the table that I belong to is different, but I will never know where I belong until I can own up to who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's a brown girl <laughs> who, you know, has a lot of mixed culture and heritage and um, wears a hijab and has kids and, you know, all of the things that I, I, I love to bake. And, you know, I left all of those parts of who I am to just become this person who is like, okay, at work, I'm a surgeon at home, I'm a mom, and I have no mm. personality. Oh, you know, I didn't know I didn't yeah. have anything outside of that. So I think that's the first thing for anyone who struggles with imposterism is it's normal for us to feel like everybody else has it figured out. Everybody else knows what's going on because really we're all just trying to figure it out. And when we just say, this is who I am and I make mistakes and I'm human and, you know, I'm a little different. I, you know, I love memes. I have a kooky sense of humor. Um, so when I just owned who I was and stood up for what I believe, it was just amazing how much life opened up for me. Yeah. You share so much great insight in your story. And I love that you just like so authentically went through it all, just very factual. And there's, there's really, it's so obvious that you don't judge yourself. It's just, this is what happened. And that here I am now. Um, a couple of things I want to point out, you said, um, that in training, you realize at one point that you were different from those around you and you didn't say it, uh, explicitly, but I think it's implied that, because it's true for many of us that we look around and we think I'm different from those around me. And we assume that means it's a bad thing and that we don't belong. And I think that um, specifically for women in medicine, this comes, a, this comes up a lot because we look around and we're like, I don't feel like the people around me, or I don't want to be this, you know, 
researcher and at this workaholic, mm-hmm. I want to bring, you know, my hobbies and into medicine and, and have some sort of balance. And, and then we think that we're not, we're the ones that there's something wrong with us. And I don't know if that's kind of what you, like, that was the feeling that because you didn't exactly fit in to this picture that you were the one that was bad or wrong. Yeah, I, I think that's actually a great insight on your part as well, because I, um, so, you know, obviously, I, I did say it kind of very factually, but there was a lot of pain and growth right there. I mean, it takes a lot to kind of go through all of that. And, um and just realize, you know, what had happened. And I did actually have a lot of judgment for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I did that wrong, or I should have said this, or I, you know, etc. Um, so it took a long time for me to actually work through that and let go of the guilt, and the blame and the shame and all of the things. Um, Brene Brown is like, what have I, mm. she's amazing. And she helped me understand just through her, I mean, she obviously, I don't know her personally, but her work, um, you know, just helped me realize like, I'm just like anyone else. It doesn't matter, right? Our color of skin, what our beliefs are, et cetera. We all are looking for love and belonging. And in order to, for us to achieve that in our life overall, um, she talked about how it's important for us to feel love and belonging to ourselves. Like feel like we, you know, we are our cheerleader. We believe in ourselves and we accept all of the jagged edges and, um, and that when we look around and we don't see someone else who looks like us or believe, you know, has a belief like us or any of those things, that it's okay. That doesn't mean that I don't belong. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me or them. And some of my best friends are people who have different beliefs than me. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that is also okay. I think we yeah. feel like we have to somehow like have all this um, similarities or, you know, et cetera, to, um, to be, to belong to each other. One of my best mentors is actually a guy, you know, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a male surgeon I've kept in touch with from my training and he's amazing. He's always there. And he has um, a, very, a great understanding of women. He has daughters, I can, you know, and, and so, um, and of course his wife is amazing, but what I realized is that, you know, yes, I was looking for someone who was just like me to mentor me or to support me. But when I let go of the belief that it had to be this way, or it doesn't work, and when I just started looking for connection, mm-hmm. then, you know, I, there's so many people you can connect with. And for me, the gender thing was like, you know, it's like, oh, well, it has to be a woman for mm-hmm. me to feel like, you know, they truly get it. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, he got it. And so yeah. um, I think that's also something that was helpful to just kind of journey through. Yeah, I think that's all really insightful. And I love Brene Brown's work as well. And I think that um, one of the things you mentioned was, you know, we have, we are so quick to judge ourselves and to feel shame. And um, this comes up a lot for the women I work with. Um, And you probably have had the same experience where women will say like, I logically know that I need to love myself but I, it just doesn't seem like I can, or it doesn't come naturally. So what's your advice or, or what were, how are you able to overcome that hump where it just feels like such a challenge to actually really, truly love yourself? 
mm-hmm. when you're in that place of you think that everything you do is wrong and you're just not enough? Um, yeah, it's actually, so I used a lot of different tools and it is still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for all of us, um, our judge, our inner judge is, um, is active. And I think, you know, part of it is we see a lot of comparisons and things going yeah. on, on social media, and um, there's a lot of expectations. Um, and also, you know, we think, oh, this is what a mom should do. This is what a, mm-hmm. you know, X person should do Y, you know, whatever. And um, so there's a lot of expectations that are being shared around. And the reality is that we don't live in the same time period, you know, um, uh, world as our parents did, as our grandparents did, we're not going to be able to do the same things. And so um, the first thing that helped me is just stopping judging myself by comparing myself to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in a different, you know, I, I mean, I have different skills. I live in a different world. Um, and sometimes we even say, oh, well, you know, that person has, you know, the same circumstances as us, but they're, they're doing great, you know, but we're not, um, again, we don't know anything about the other person, right? I mean, we only know what we see or what we hear. And so I remind myself every day that, just comparison doesn't help me or the other person, you know, be happy and joyful for the other person. And then that's it. That's, that's kind of where it has to stop. And we have to look at, okay, what is working in our life? What is not working? You know, um, every day, uh, I, I really look at like, what am I grateful for today? What did I struggle with today? And then what do I want to focus on for tomorrow? And that's it. The three, you know, sort of um, uh, journaling prompts, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I do that actually on a weekly and a monthly basis as well. And it really helps me remember all the little things that I do that we kind of take for granted, right? Um, I picked up the kids from school today. I, Mm -hmm. um, you know, spent five minutes extra at bedtime. I mean, all the things that we sometimes miss, but when we make it a focus to really sit and pay attention to what is something that made today just amazing and not minimizing the challenges, but just saying, you know, that was a challenge and, you know, tomorrow it's going to be better. So I think that's one thing. Um, The other thing is um, to really nurture the inner child. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's so hard when our kids look at us, right. And they are doing something we're never mean to our children, but we treat our own, like ourselves. Sometimes the words that I say, I'm just like, that was really mean. I mean, to myself. And so I, um, I even have a picture of when I was um, like four or five years old, I think. Um, And it was before um, it was a time that I don't remember judging myself. Like, so it's, you know, um, sometimes these visualizations can be helpful. So, you know, find a picture, find a, find a place where you can really see that inner child in you shining through. And, um, and then when I get upset, I just imagine I'm talking to that inner child and there is no way I can be mean or difficult. Right. So when something's happened, I just say, you know, like, are you okay? Like what happened? Um, and showing that compassion to ourselves, that love, um, you know, today's a hard day. Okay. Why don't you take it easy? Why don't you go take a you know shower and you know, whatnot. So I think that um, there are different places where we get to kind of break the cycle of judging. Um, it is not easy, but it is so worth it because when we start sharing ourselves with love and compassion and, and, um, you know, nurturing ourselves, 
it's really amazing what we want to do, what we're able to do. Because all the other stuff, the judgment, honestly, is just, it's exhausting our psyche, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, who wants to keep trying when like, we've got this inner voice saying, you suck at this, you're never going to get it. Why are you trying? <laughs> Stop mm-hmm. it already, you know, all that. But instead, you know, I mean, I've, I've done some, some things that I'm like, oh, that wasn't my best work. But um, especially with all the tech that comes with podcasting and um, all of the entrepreneurial stuff, it's totally outside of my comfort zone. And so every time I do it, I really try to find something nice to say because <laughs> um, it's important. I mean, that's what we would say if our child was doing something new, right? We wouldn't say, well, I don't care if it was your first time, but you really felt flat on your face. So I think those are, those are all helpful things. And ultimately, um, I really do. I, I never used to before, but I take so much time and energy to find something nice to do for myself every week. Mm-hmm. whether it is a massage or whether it's giving myself some time off or, you know, whatever it is, like, how would you treat your best employee or your best, you know, um, staff member, like do something nice to make them feel valued. I do that for myself because I used to wait for other people to notice or appreciate mm-hmm. or do something for me. And I realized, mm, well, even if they do, you know, so what, that's fine. That's an extra bonus. How about I do something for myself? And that also actually really helped in easing some of the, you know, the pain of feeling like I'm not enough. Cause when you love on yourself, you're like, Oh, I think I'm worthy. And, you know, look yeah. at me taking care of myself. So. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that because that internal validation, you know, there's really good evidence um, in the neuroscientific literature that proves that that's more beneficial than any external validation that we would get yet. Of course, as physicians, we're taught that that's what we should rely on. So Mm -hmm. that's a great point that it really is all about the internal validation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that um, I've had um, uh, other physician moms say, well, but, you know, we want to be realistic. And I mean, you know, if we do something, we want to make sure that we are improving ourselves and And I don't think, I think this is all like possible, right? We think Mm -hmm. that if we say something nice to ourselves, somehow we're just going to like go down the slippery slope of, you know, not being, um, not, not wanting to do our best. I think that when we feel good, when we feel um, worthy in our mind, when we understand that we are enough, that's actually an even bigger motivator to say, you know this is amazing. And I want to do a better job. And I want to, you know, go that extra mile, um, whether it's at work or, you know, anywhere else, we really are motivated to do more than when we are weighed down by guilt and blame and shame and judgment and all that, then we're just exhausted dealing with all that, all of the emotional load. It's hard for us to go outside and, you know, do more. It's so true. And I think it's, um, we can hold ourselves accountable and achieve our goals, and be nice at the same time. Yeah. Like it's, it, that is actually possible. And it's the same thing. Like any, you know, anyone who's ever been on a weight loss journey knows that you can't hate yourself thin. That's, mm-hmm. and that's not a lasting way. You really have to love yourself thin and it's really love yourself to any goal. Um, so I, I definitely agree. I found that to be true for myself as well. One final question um, that you touched on earlier that I really want to bring up again uh, as we, as the last topic here is you said that you have embraced like all of the different parts of you and you bring that into 
your career and everything. And maybe this is, maybe this touches on all of the stuff that you do outside of medicine, like the podcast and everything. But I think as doctors, we're taught kind of um, subtly that we have to kind of compartmentalize ourselves. Like we can't really bring our motherhood or our femininity or our hobbies into medicine. It really has to be structured. Like you come into this and you fit the mold and then you go home and you can do that. But it sounds like you found a place that is very much, I'll bring all of me to my career. And that probably has been really beneficial for you. I don't know if you could maybe talk about that a little bit. Sure. Um, so I, um, over the last I guess four years, um, three and a half, four years, I've been doing locums. So that means I'm going to a hospital. I cover their call needs, trauma, acute care, general surgery, you know, whatever their needs may be. And um, so this is really the space where I have grown into. So I'll, I'll share in that space. Um, I did in my previous, you know, full-time practice, um, I did spend a lot of time talking to my patients. Um, and especially when they expressed fears or concerns, et cetera, you know, I shared about myself, but I, I think I did still like keep that compartmentalized because mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I agree with you. I think we're taught that, oh no, you got to you know, like not share too much and, you know, here you're just a surgeon. That's where you got to draw your boundaries. Um, But in my locums life, um, I've been, uh, you know, lucky enough to be at one hospital for uh, a a longer period of time. I've been at multiple hospitals, but it's been, you know, like six months here and a year here and those kinds of things. And um, so I have um, actually been, it's been a great journey because it's allowed me to explore what is it that I want to bring? Mm. You know, how much do I want to share? And, um, uh, and even through all of this, you know, when I first started this journey, I honestly didn't know who I was outside of being a mom or a, or a physician. So I had to explore, okay, these are the things I like to do before. So I'll try them again. And these are things, you know, I created like a bucket list and okay, this is what I like to do. So let's maybe try this. And so I did a lot of exploration on what I like to do. And um, what I have done with work is really brought some of that you know, uh, with my coworkers, I've kind of shared, Oh, I'm trying this. And you know, I'm doing that I'm actually in training for a half marathon Mm -hmm. now. And so I've kind of shared um, with some so I feel like it's helped me connect to others. Even though I'm only there part time, Mm -hmm. people feel connected to me, in a way, because you know, I do share my my wins and my fails, you know, the things that didn't go right. Um, And I'm okay if, you know, like sometimes people are like, oh, that's kind of weird. Or sometimes they're like, <laughs> okay, that's cool. And, and either is okay. So I think that it's really allowed me to explore how it feels to show up authentically, not worried about what people are going to think about me. Because mm-hmm. worse comes to worse. I mean, you know, in a few months, I might not be there anymore. Right. So, so yeah. in the back of my mind, I'm like, what do I have to lose? I don't really have anything to lose. And uh, what I found is, you know, amazing friends, people um, who share parts of their life that they've maybe never shared with others and people who have struggled alone especially when I share some of my struggles, people who have struggled alone who are like, I thought I was the only person. Mm -hmm. So I think that when we show up authentically, what I see is others do too. Mm -hmm. They are, they're like, Oh, okay. Well, if if she's talking about her failures. Right. And I, I, I feel like failures are 
just a way that I've experienced life and it doesn't define me or it doesn't stop me from going to my next step. Um, so when I've embraced that too, I mean, all of those things have helped. Um, and, and then of course, last but not least with my patients, I think it's helped them connect in a way to embrace their fears. Cause a lot of times when I see patients, they are sick. Um, and there's a varied spectrum to that. You know, sometimes they're sick and, you know, they have appendicitis or they have a perforated colon or something. And, um, and, you know, they might talk about, okay, how is recovery going to be? How are, you know, and, and sometimes they ask about kids and stuff and I say, well, you know, this is fine. And if they're really scared and, and struggling, like, I don't mind sharing about my family. You know, if it is something that I feel that can help them, I, I don't draw the lines like I did before, you know, whatever they need to help them feel more secure. I'm happy to share that. Um, and then there are patients who are sort of in different, you know, they're sort of at the end of their life and they're struggling with making decisions, family members who are struggling with making decisions. And, you know, I think one of the things is um, that patients feel comfortable with is that. You know, I'm there and I tell them, regardless of whatever they're going through, whether, you know, they choose X or Y or however they do it, that I'm present with them the whole time mm -hmm. and that I will help them through like I would a family member. And there is a comfort and a connection that comes from that. So I think before I used to feel like I had to have the boundaries um, and, you know, they all also, right. They talk about, well, you can't take your work home and, you know, you can't be too connected to patients and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I mean, I'm doing this. I hate it. I mean, I never thought I would go back and do surgery because I really, when I quit, I was done with surgery. So I think building my connection back to my patients and just being who I am is is part of the reason why I love it. And, you know, I, I love, I'm grateful for what I do. And I never felt that way before when I did draw all of the lines and I, and I kept my distance and I followed all the rules before let's just say. Yeah. And it sounds like bringing your, like the recognition that you're human first and having that human connection is really what has brought that freedom and joy back to medicine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I hope that, you know, what I, you know, what I think is, okay, even if what I share helps one other person, right? I mean, whether it is making a tough decision, or whether it's owning up to something about themselves that they weren't sure how to explore or, or grow or change, and be who they are. I mean, you know, it's, it's worth it, right? Because mm -hmm. we, um, I wish I had, I had that. You know, mm -hmm. like when I was starting my journey, I wish I, I, I felt really alone mm -hmm. and I felt like I must be the only person, you know, struggling with this. And, um, but the more I've shared my story, actually, the more people have reached out and the more people have opened up about their stories. And I, I think that's how we empower each other. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, thank you so much for your time. Do you mind telling um, everybody where they can find you and um, the, your name of your podcast again? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed being here and chatting with you. And um, I have a podcast called Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Podcast. It's on iTunes and, and all of the places. And um, we really talk about, you know, tools to, uh, to address some of the things we were talking about today, mm -hmm. burnout and imposterism and finding our passion and our voice. Um, and, um, and I love to highlight, you know, other people's voices as well, because again, hearing stories, 
you know, stories are what makes our connection grow and, and yeah. you know, blossom. So, um, and then I also have a website. Um, it is called uh, www.serenitywellness.com and um, all kinds of, you know, information there you can explore. Um, I talk about how to build your perfect, you know, or, or most productive, AKA perfect <laughs> week um, and other productivity tools um, as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you.